I still don't have my bag, huh? Nope. Your bag is I'm still in wearing Chicago. Your, I'm still wearing your Crocs. <laughs> my bag is still there too, Miles, so no worries. Yeah, but more importantly, my bag's <laughs> not here. I, Tyler's so worried. I have Tyler's new boots in my bag. Yeah, and Becca's present. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went new boot goofing. We did. Uh, um, new boot goofing, new Croc goofing, new loafer goofing. <laughs> yeah, we had a field week. Uh, feels good to be back in the studio, though. Hey, Jared. Good to see Jared. Good, good Jake, audio way. Could have gone without seeing you today. <laughs> I'm so sick of you two. Yeah. Oh, my, oh god. my god! Why are you we doing are the this? Worst. Uh, we've been confined together for nine days straight, and then we decided to do a podcast together. This yes. was a terrible idea, guys. Um, it was. We had lots of laughs. We so had many. lots of cries. Dude, did, um, I didn't cry. Did you oh, cry? Wait, what? You guys didn't what? cry? What? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Me either. Um. <laughs> But again, feels good to be back. You bet your radio episode one twelve. One twelve of You Bet Your Radio. It's been a long time since you've been on the front of the camera, Tyler. Yeah, it has been. I feel weird. I wore my suit. Um, feeling good, looking good. Yeah, you're lucky I didn't make you wear a suit today. Yeah, well, I didn't know. If I don't I think you would have. I think you'd be just be like, screw you. Okay, Miles, I'll sit in the producer room yeah. instead. Um so yeah, uh, the uh, Nashville is where we just got back from. For those who don't know, um, we spent, well, it was supposed to be eight days. We spent nine days there. Yeah, in Nashville, we were there for seven. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Or less, a little less, because then we went to Bristol. Seven on the nose, because we got in on Sunday, and we yeah. were going to leave on. And, and we left Saturday. And oh, we're going to yeah. yeah. dive into all of that. Yes. Um, but before we dive into our trip to Nashville, we want to talk to you guys about fairwaymeatmarket.com, baby. It's March Madness. It's all about the madness meat, baby. Uh, March Madness is almost over. So you got to go right now. Go to fairwaymeatmarket.com. You got to find the meat madness package. It's got all sorts of good stuff. Some burgers, Wagyu burgers, baby. Some skinless um, brats. Brats, bacon. It's got a all kinds of meat that uh, you're going to want while you're watching Martin Madness games and having people over to your house, maybe grilling outside. It's starting to be grilling hey, season. Championship game buffet. Just a meat buffet. Yes. Oh, my God. Fairway meat market, meat buffet, meat madness everywhere. You got to go to Fairway. And if you co use code YouUBETCHA, Y-O-U-B-E-T-C-H-A, one word, you betcha you get 50 bucks off yeah with it, it's a discount plus free shipping which is about 50 bucks off yeah so it's like it's normally 150 bucks you get it for 100 that's a lot of meat for 100 bucks especially those wagyu burgers <laughs> um so again head to fairwaymeatmarket.com pick up some meat and have yourself a great march madness even though it's have when a, this comes out it's april but have a mad march madness have a Madness March of Meat. Yes. Fairway, go to fairwaymeatmarket.com. Use code you betcha. Right now. All right. So Nashville. Yes. What's your after the dust is settled? How do you feel about Nashville? Uh love Nashville. Oh, sorry. Nashville. 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 Oh yeah. We learned yeah. that you can't say Ville in Tennessee. It's Ville. Ville is such the Midwestern way to Which is it. Unreal. Because every town we went through, except for like three in Tennessee, was some sort of Ville. Cooksville, 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 Knoxville, Knoxville. Knoxville. Um, we went through um, Asheville, Asheville, which is just Nashville without the N. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, lots of voles, a lot of voles. Um, maybe that's why they're the Tennessee voles. Volunteers. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Starting to make more sense now. It is starting to make more sense. What if they call them the Villanteers because they don't call Vils, they call Vils. <laughs> opposite. <laughs> yeah, Villanteers. Uh. So what do you, was it, you, you like yeah, I had a Tennessee, blast. Nashville? It was, I did too. I think it was, I would have probably got bored if we weren't going there for work as well. It was nice to have like that structure of bang, bang, bang. We're going to go do this content, this content, this content. And it was like a happy accident that we also got to see a shitload of Nashville by doing all that content. Yes. Mm -hmm. If you're going to Nashville to party, definitely you fly in a Thursday night, maybe drink yep. Friday, Saturday and go home Sunday. Yep. Is gonna be pretty much you all you need. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. We kind of did the locals experiment. Like all like don't yeah. you think? We were basically doing what locals do, like all the singer songwriters of Nashville. Yeah, we went to Midtown instead of Broadway. Yep. And then we went to like all the the recording studios and we went to some houses and we got a we got a pretty good taste of Nashville, guys. Of like living in Nashville. Yes. Yeah, yep. totally. Um yeah, Nashville, I mean the touristy stuff, I think a little overrated. I could be you ask me to take it or leave it, I'm gonna leave it. Yep. I'd be fun to do though. Like, for a weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It'd be fun, but um yeah, I'm glad that we didn't do that this time around. But uh what uh yeah, we showed up in our cowboy boots and cowboy hat. <laughs> Looking touristy as hell. No one wears cowboy hats in Nashville. They surprisingly dress very normal. Yeah, they they dress <laughs> like normal people, which is funny. Cuz I imagine it's like the same shit with where we live, like oh, North Dakota, yeah, like you guys still riding horses to work. <laughs> Better get my overalls. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. up here you can always tell if someone's from out of town cuz they're way overdressed for the weather. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> snow park suit, on. park on, <laughs> snow boots on in May. They check their snowshoes. <laughs> yeah, the uh but honestly, what you know, you go to the bar and you just realize that people are people. It doesn't matter what part of right. the country you're in; everyone does the same stuff. And even like these country music, like musicians and stars and stuff, are just normal ass people that can sing well. Yeah, that are very talented musically. Otherwise, they're they're so normal. Yeah, we met a lot of cool dudes and gals. Yes, dudes and gals, gals and dudes, dudes and dudettes. Yeah, we uh, went on yeah. this trip. Um, what was really cool is just even like all the record companies, all of them that we met with, they were all phenomenal and great hosts. And yes, um, but yeah, doing the doing the doing the uh, local vibe of going to a bar that isn't on Broadway was a very nice thing. I'm glad we did that. Yeah, me too. We are basically if we ever go back to losers so we went to losers what four times yeah. in seven days we're big degenerate losers we are yeah. also classic midwest move for us to pick one bar and go nowhere <laughs> no, else no, this the is whole. the bar i know okay <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing every time we go back to nashville now we go to losers they're gonna know nobody's we're, gonna we're, know we're regulars we're they're, one they're gonna know <laughs> they are it's because uh, we're we're like the only people drinking bush light in the whole bar and that's you know and we drank a lot of it we drank a lots of it yes bucket after bucket after bucket little bone to pick though would have been nice to be able to get pounders instead of 12 ounces hey that's a song one more bucket well, you, you get a bucket we get a bucket oprah with the bucket just give me one more bucket yeah um, we'll work on that, Tyler. I okay. didn't love it off your tongue. Mm, well, I'll, I'll write it. Yeah, and, and <laughs> many of you know that I am an aspiring songwriter, so naturally I got my fix there. Um, and uh, so I can identify if there's if that's a good song or not now, like instantaneously. Now that I've gotten into that culture and you know talk bridges, you know song ah, bridges, I triangles. I blew some people's mind when I started talking about a song bridge <laughs> and. Uh, I said that bridges are all about making triangles and no one seemed to understand what I meant. You just, if to build a strong bridge, you just try and put as many triangles in the design of the bridge and then structurally sound and it structurally makes it stronger. Did you know that Jake, before I said that? I, I mean, yeah, I did. I'm an well, expert, yeah, on, an expert on everything. Yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's a bridge expert. Did you ever play yeah. that stupid bridge building game in like physics class in high school? Yeah. You didn't make enough triangles, did yeah. you? That's no, you I lost. didn't. You're like, I, I was the classic, I hate this, so I'm just going to lay a bunch of sticks on top of each other. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We need to practice uh, making some marshmallow and toothpick bridges here <laughs> in the bunker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a good activity for you guys to participate in. I got a lot of work to do after this Nashville trip. Nashville. Nashville. Nashville trip. Um, it was fun. I'm glad to be back, though. Yeah. There's this, I, love, I love it when I go to a new area of the country that I haven't been. And by the end of it, I'm still feeling like... Okay, let's go home. Let's mm -hmm. go back to Midwest because the Midwest is best. And that's truly how I felt by the end of it. Um, so, like, what did anything surprise you while we were there? Um, <laughs> this didn't really surprise me, but I thought it was fascinating because I never thought about it. That, you know, they have like the touristy, like, party buses with like the open top. Yeah. 
There's one rolling around with a hot tub in the back. <laughs> you never watch Parks and Rec. You imagine just a town in the Midwest that just someone's driving down the road with a bunch of people drunk in the hot tub. Dude, we got to start that. No one's doing that. We do. What would um, we call it? And then in the winter, you can just play like pond hockey on the hot tub. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Maybe. We will workshop that. Okay. Again. We need something to do in the winter. Yeah, on it. <laughs> um. <sighs> We, what would we call that? Tubs, um, tubs of fun. Tub, tub, yeah, tubs of tub fun. and run. <laughs> run. Yeah, we'll work on it. Yeah, that needs the, a little the tub tour. The tub tour. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yes, to see all of the five things of interest here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here is the downtown area. And here is the uptown area. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was not surprising because it was like it totally fit in. But just thinking about the idea of having that anywhere else would have been pretty wild. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe maybe that's our shtick here is that we have a hot tub and then you also have like a polar plunge cold bath in the other one. Oh, uh, yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. We would do forth. that in uh, in high school when the ice would start coming off the lake. We'd Close go to, to a buddy. Tower. Yeah, it's yeah. wide open. Um, <laughs> we'd go to a buddy's house at the lake. You jump and the ice was just coming off. You jump into the lake super, super cold, and then run back to the hot tub and get in the hot tub. Yeah. You're rolling the snow or whatever. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Such a such a dumb thing to do. It's so dumb. Just sit in the There's hot no tub. Point. Like a normal ass guy. Yeah. I mean, there is a point when you're in a hot tub, though, where you start to get a little bored and like you have to make the decision. Do I stay in the hot tub or do I get out? You don't really want to get out because it's going to be like you're like you're having a decent time, but you're still kind of bored. Mm-hmm. That's when that shit starts coming out, right? Yeah. Three or four beers, too. You start Dude, to feel a little more I bet you won't run and touch that tree and come back <laughs> in the middle of winter, like in high school, you know? Tyler does have a point, though. You get a couple beers in you in a hot tub, and you start to get a little bit too uncomfortably warm. Yeah. yeah it gets too, hot. Yeah. It's weird that you get hot in a hot tub. Yeah, that's you know? unbelievable. Why would they do that? I don't know. Uh, Give me a lukewarm tub. Did you anything surprise you in Nashville? Nashville, um, just the whole the entire music industry is so much different than I had pictured. It's much much smaller than people think. Yeah, everybody is connected to everybody in some way, shape, or form, and the process of like their music studios, like you can record a legit ass song, a legit ass song, a legit ass song. That's a, a that's a real term, right? Yeah, a legit ass. You can look it up in the music dictionary, um, but you can do it anywhere. Like, if you have a good microphone and the right software, you can record it in my office right now, which is is bananas to me. I always figured, pictured like the giant soundboard where the guy's got his headphones on and the dude's well, in the padded studio session. There is that too. I know, yeah. but I'm just so saying. Would Jake, you're the expert. Yes. Uh, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. They record like a demo version of the song anywhere. Yeah. And then once they get to the point where they want to cut it and yeah. put it on an album, then they go into a studio like what you're talking about and actually record everything that way. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. So like I knew. Yeah. You have that. to you have to cut a demo first. And then if you want to shop around, then like, uh, you know, say you're trying to sell the song to someone, then but you find someone, they pick it up and then go to a full studio. Still just listening to the music that's been recorded in backyards it sounds pretty goddamn good. Yeah. 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 That blew my mind that it was, yeah. that's how it was being. Well, it makes sense though. Yeah. It's 2021. Mm-hmm. We can literally do anything on a computer. I'm just so stuck with looking at like watching movies with oh, like musicians, yeah. you know, and it's always like, all right, we're going to go record this song and you have to go to this nice ass studio. And there's like 15 people. I sitting. think it's because that studio space costs so much that people just started figuring out how to do it on their own. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then like, So now I'm sure that like the top dogs have a studio like that that they go to that they can write in every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, like they do writing sessions at like 11 a.m. for a few hours or whatever. I I would for me I would do a writing session in the evening. Yeah, that's when you're the most creative. Yeah, I would if I had to write a song at 11 a.m. It'd be tough, but I guess it is their job. I suppose. Well. They should be writing them at 9 a.m. then, 9 yeah. to 5. Yeah. When the, uh, when the sun comes up, you better be running. Classic Great Depression, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. I get up at 6.30. Well, sorry, some, some of us songs. actually do work in the morning, Jake. <laughs> Not just sit around. Shade. Uh, so, yeah, I would agree. The country music industry is much smaller than I anticipated. 
Um, everybody knows everybody. And uh, that sounds like a country it, song. It is a country it song. Is a, I was going to say. Everybody knows everybody. And they, uh, I don't know. It's just not that many people are like making decisions and writing songs and producing songs for the entire country music industry. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a much smaller group than you oh, think. Oh, yes. Yep. Like you would think that it was thousands and thousands of people, but it's not. It's like hundreds. If, if that yeah. under a hundred people that are controlling the entire industry, not like controlling like bad, but just like that make the decisions and are writing the popular songs and doing all that, which I thought found fascinating. Yeah. And we talked to a lot of people about it. We actually, our lineup for the next month is country artist after country artist. So get ready for, yeah. A- so hopefully you guys like country cause <laughs> no uh, dial in, you know, if you don't, whatever, we love country music. I think a lot of people in the Midwest love country music. Um, and speaking of people who are helping push country music forward, you know, and those mm-hmm. whatever we have our guest today, Hardy, he's one of those guys. Yes. He, uh, you may not have known that he's wrote songs. Um, you may not realize like kind of his influence on, on country in the last however many years, well, but he was he definitely a- has. He's big, big time writer. Now yeah. turned big time star. Like he wrote, um, hold on, what's that? I know he wrote um, Up Down. Yeah. Um, he wrote God's Country. He wrote. Uh, he might have wrote Cruise. I have it lit, written down. Yeah. Here. Uh, pull that up. Um, but what I like about it is that he has transitioned from writer to now his own um, career, and he's putting out music himself because I yes. think he's. I really like his sound. Um, he wrote uh, Simple as well. Yep, a bunch of Florida Georgia Line hits. Yep. Um, well, but the thing is, is like, <sighs> listen to me saying sound like I just know, like, <laughs> you know, I'm in the industry, you know, I, I, I like his sound, um, but I truly do. I think his new album that came out, um, what was it called again? The album, yeah, is a uh, Hicks tape or that? No, no, that was the last, last one. one. Uh, a rock. A rock is a song on it. Yeah, I think that it is. Might, yeah. I think it's a rock. Yeah, yeah. So you got to go check out that album because it is great. It's very good. There's like uh, there's like eight songs on it or something, and like five of them I would I regularly listen to. Um, what we forgot to ask him why all the titles of the songs are in all caps. Ah, that was my son one question. A- um, well, we're gonna have to go back and and ask him again. Yeah, we'll- but uh, yeah, he, uh, great dude, Hardy is. Um, very relatable. Very relatable. Good vibes. Yes. Also, very very well spoken. Mm-hmm. You know, he's. He's always talking about his song Rednecker, uh-huh. unapologetically country as hell is one of them. So you're expecting a little bit rougher on the edges. He's a very polished up country dude. Put together. Yeah. yeah. I was very impressed at how professional and everything he was. Um, that's what we're going to say over the next how many weeks before we introduce him <laughs> on here. Just, he's a great dude. Great Such gal. a good guy. Great gal. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but tr- truly, we uh, I feel that way about it. So... Uh, that's quite the intro we gave him, but I think he deserves it. And yep. uh, so next up, we have our guest on Hardy. But before we get into that interview, <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about holiday gas stations. As you can see here, I am a little uh, jet lag. I'm a little tired from our trip to Tennessee. The best way to, to really perk up and get through the workday is with a nice hot cup of holiday coffee. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> Usually that's when Ryan interjects Tyler when I'm drinking. Uh, I was drinking mine. You're, you're literally clearly haven't had enough coffee today uh, to be I, able to interject I there. Could use about three or four more cups. Well, we'll get some for you because we need you on and you were off there. I was. So, um, Tyler's going to be heading to holiday immediately after this podcast so yep. that the rest of the day isn't ruined like that. The sad read just was by him not <laughs> participating and me having to make weird noises into the mic. Like, mm, 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 delicious. Mm. Mm. Very good. Wow. Holiday coffee. Oh wow. The mm. aroma. Mm. The aroma. This just warms my heart. Um, the guys go to holiday gas stations. <laughs> they got everything. They got gas, petrol, as we learned petrol? in Australia, yes. if it was in Australia. Petrol, they got 
car washes. They got snacks. They got energy. They got water. They got all the stuff that you're going to need. They got hot food. Yeah, they do. They got roller dogs. Bosco sticks. Bosco sticks. Bosco sticks. Yeah. Yeah. The whole shebang. Um, so head to Holiday Gas Stations and uh, pick yourself up some of all those goodies. All right. Here's our uh, segment with Hardy. So uh, you just had one of the biggest moments in your life the other day. On the oh, golf, yeah. On the golf course. I did. <laughs> Can you talk me through a hole in one? Yeah. So um, it's kind of a, kind of a crazy story. So uh, it was our 20th hole of the day. We had played 18 already and we decided it was me and one other buddy. And he's a he's a he's a lefty and I'm a lefty. And so we decided to play nine more holes. Um, it's just like the prettiest day of the year. You know how it is. And we're oh, just yeah. like, dude, let's, let's get vibes are good. Yeah, it was great. So. Um, so. We make our second turn, if you will, you know, and, and I was like, dude, since we're both lefties, let's make it interesting and just play out of each other's bag. Okay. And so he was hitting all my my clubs and I was hitting his. So uh it was hole eleven on the back nine. So it was our second hole of the nine. And I so I hit it with his nine iron. <laughs> I hit the hole in one with his nine so iron. So do you just put that in your bag then? Yeah. Like, this is yeah. mine now. <laughs> he gave me his nine iron and I was like, Well, I, you can have mine and I'll probably like order or whatever. I'll get another one of my nine irons. But dude, I, I was playing golf yesterday. And uh, I'd kind of forgotten about it, and and I was playing by myself, and and got up to a par three. I might have even been the same hole, and uh, for just for a second, like I I wasn't thinking about it, and I pulled it out, and my and my the grip felt felt weird, and I looked down, and I was like, oh shit, I forgot I had this nine iron. <laughs> yeah, you got to put that on the wall now. I think I am. I don't know if that's like a normal thing to do, but I don't know if I'll ever. Yeah, but have you one got again, a hole in so, one. Yeah. So. I just want to get the whole thing, dude. Just have yeah. a shrine. Take the flag and everything with you. <laughs> Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> go back this weekend. Yeah. Well, you that. got a hole in one, so you can do whatever you want. If you want to <laughs> frame the club, if you want to whatever. The guy, the course is uh, it's 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 not like the best course in Nashville, but it's it's really cool. And and uh, the guy, uh, so I I wasn't expecting anything, but the guy went up back to the clubhouse and and uh, the guy was like, "That's awesome!" and filled out like this form and they 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 have like a plaque that they get made and it's oh, nice. got a little trophy that like has like a i think it's like a big plastic tee and you hang it on the wall and you put the ball on the tee and all that yeah, kind yeah. Of stuff so so do you get to celebrate like it was a hole in one or do you have like stuff going on yeah, like, the rest of the day? i had i kind of had stuff going oh, on oh man yeah i know but um we i think we shotgunned a beer uh, we did i did enough you know but oh and then the other funny thing was they have beer. It's not like your typical clubhouse. It's just like a. It's just like a yeah. building you go in. It's not like you know. It's yeah. it's kind of a out in the country. Sort That's of like deal. what most of the golf courses are where we from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. They don't have a big okay. clubhouse, so right? We know, we know what you're saying. Um, and so I got up there and I was like, I in my head I was like, I want to buy uh, everybody a beer. And I could see a bunch of carts up there, and I was like, this is great. And the beer was cheap. Like maybe I'll get out of it for like a hundred bucks, you yeah. know. And, just go around and say, anybody that wants a beer, go inside. It's on me. And I get up there and I go inside. The guy's name is Jonathan. And I was like, man, uh, it was kind of more carts than usual. And uh, I filled out the form and I was like, so um, all these guys up here, what, what are they doing? And he was like, oh, it's a uh, it's a church event we do on Tuesday nights <laughs> where the member, all the members of this one church come out and they play nine holes. And I was like, great. See you later. <laughs> you know, Um but it was great. Man. I actually buy them a round of wine. Uh, yeah. Communion. Well, I don't, dude, I don't think they were Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Where I grew up, it was like, okay, if you were Catholic and drank, but nobody else, nobody else. Could. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of an anti-climatic uh, hole in one story, but um, yeah, no one could take that away from you. Yeah. It There's- was, it was, it was awesome. And, and I uh, mean, I hope I don't spill that spitter. I'm just going to be there right over here. <laughs> it's your guys' couch. So yeah, if you true. want to Forgot <laughs> go ahead for a second. Um, no, it was great. It really was. And it was a big high cut dude. And it just, it hit on the right side of the green. It was just screaming across the green, you know, being a cut, you know, it's mm-hmm. green was like kind of a hard green and just took off. And, and, it, and I mean, we knew it, we, it racked the pan. We could hear it. It was, it was the whole thing. We knew it was one of those where I know a lot of people that couldn't tell if it went off the back or went in and that thing, but this was, there was just no, 
no denying it. It was it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's sweet, man. So uh let's talk a little bit about where you're from. Where where you where you grew up, kind of cool. how you got to where you are now. So I'm from a town called Philadelphia, Mississippi. Okay. And, <laughs> Confusing. <laughs> yeah. City of brotherly love. Yeah. <laughs> and um it's like eight thousand people. There's a there is another country artist there uh, that's from there. His name is Marty Stewart. Okay. Um I'm sure you've heard he's, he's yep. he wasn't like a big commercial country guy, but he's kind of a legend mm-hmm. in the like bluegrass. And he's, he's like very big in the Grand Ole Opry and all this stuff. I mean, yep. he's a big, he's a somewhat of a household name, even though he didn't have a lot of like radio success. But, yep. um, so he's from there. And, uh, when growing up, my sister was, uh, the singer and she, my parents, we were a very musical family. And, and my dad, uh, my dad didn't, play any instruments or really sing or anything but he loved rock and roll and he really put that on me and uh somewhat even forced that on me when i was a, a young kid and so we all loved music uh, my mom my mama oh my god my mother <laughs> played piano and sang in church and um so yeah so we had this whole thing but my sister uh she was a singer and she was really popular in my hometown because she would go around and win like these really big contests she's she is st- and still is like an incredible singer yeah and um so growing up, that was kind of always her thing. And I didn't, uh, I just, that was her thing. And, you know, yep. I played baseball and I played golf and just was a boy, a regular kid, you know, and, and, uh, went to high, I grew up, I started picking up guitar, uh, when I was probably 16 or 17, um, and kind of picked it up pretty easily and, and, uh, learned just a few chords and all that. What was the first song you learned? Do you remember? Uh, smoke on the water. Okay, which is like everybody's. That's yeah. like the, that or Wonderwall. Yeah, yep. if you don't know yep. how to play guitar. You, you, that's like your party trick is you can still play smoke <laughs> on the water, right? Um, and uh, so my sister, by the time I turned, I was a senior in high school. She actually came to Belmont, which is right here at the end of Music Row, yep. and it's the biggest music. You know, if you're if you want to make it in Nashville, this is the perfect school to go to. Mm-hmm. And, um, in the meantime, I had learned guitar and when I was a senior in high school, like I wrote a song and it was shitty, but it was a song, you know? And well, yeah, we'll get to that at okay. some point here. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so I wrote the song and my sister hit me up and, and was like, Hey mom and dad, uh, said you wrote a song like that. I think that's really cool. And so I go to junior college and I start playing this song, this one song for people new friends that I'd made and all that. And, um, I mean, honestly, for lack of a better term, their mind was kind of blown because nobody really like did that. You know yeah. what I mean? And they were like, you wrote that. Holy shit. Like, that's crazy. And, and I think, and then I, and then I, I started writing more songs kind of based on their reaction. It was just, it was just like a thing. I was like, this is kind of cool. And people actually like some of the stuff I'm doing. And so in the meantime, my sister was like, Hey, I, I've heard you're like writing songs. I just wanted to let you know that in Nashville, there's a whole industry around publishing, which is where you get paid a salary to write songs for a country artist. Cause believe it or not, like, you know, people like Jason Aldean, they don't write their songs. They sing them, yep. you know, but other people write them. And I was like, no way. And had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I was, I was not doing well in school. And, and so long story short, I just kind of on a whim was like, I think I'll move to Nashville and, and try to do the writing thing. And, and, uh, went to college here, um, middle Tennessee state university, which is like a little over or a little less than an hour away and, uh, majored in, uh, songwriting. Um, but really it was more about like majoring in the music business and learning like all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I got a communications major and my dad thought that was bullshit. What did they say <laughs> about songwriting? I will say my, my parents were very, very supportive. Uh, the people around me, even some of my, my outer circle friends and, and sort of the talk of the town, uh, well thought it was bullshit. Yeah. And, and who's laughing now though, (laughs) there we go to a certain extent, the class itself, sorry, MTSU people or (laughs) staff, but the class itself was bullshit. It was, I think most people say that about a lot of college courses though. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, yeah. Like I took. In, you're an exercise scientist i am an exercise scientist now you're doing podcasts that. yeah there you go <laughs> i um, took a class called the uh uh walking fitness you just walk <laughs> so that's that's what that your was just the you. class was like <laughs> yep yeah you just go what were your tests like 
Oh, you just had to show up, and that's how you got an A. If you just showed up, believe it or not, if you, it's like, if than you, you took think. a bike or drove to class, did you fail? Did you have to like walk? Yeah, just walking all the time. That's all right, I want, I want you to film yourself walking around, <laughs> see what's that's going crazy. on. Um, no, that's. Uh, I mean, that's honestly, it's like what it sounds like is it kind of. It was almost your talent was good enough to where it was like it almost forced. The like world is like forcing you, yeah, into becoming a songwriter. Is I think what so. It sounds like, yeah, uh, which is like the coolest way to do it. I think so. Yeah, and I've always said that a lot of, uh, I mean, not even a lot of, like, I now don't get me wrong, I, I I've worked very hard to get here, but my big turning point or cornerstone moments in my career have just like happened. Yeah. What was the What was the first one? Well, this is another crazy ass story, but um when I signed my first publishing deal, it's with a guy named Dennis McCoskey. Dennis McCoskey is from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His mom is from Philadelphia, Mississippi. And his mom and my great grandmother were sisters. Yes, that is right. So Dennis and my grandfather are first cousins. I had only met him one time at like a family reunion or something. And I always knew that I had this cool cousin. He's an older guy. He's probably, he's in his sixties now. Yep. Um, and I always knew he was a big pop writer in LA back in the eighties. He wrote maniac, which is like, she's oh, yeah. a maniac. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, so that was like his big, that was his big thing. But anyway, so I always knew that I had this cool cousin that, that was a songwriter uh, in the industry and, but I didn't know like what he could do or what he could do for me. So I never really reached out to him. So I was putting music on YouTube, like songs I'd written and like just covers or whatever. And uh, he wrote on my Facebook wall. Remember that? I don't even think that the wall is a thing anymore. It might still be. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Um, it's only for birthday wishes these yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, And uh, he just said, hey, Michael, I, I see you're doing some stuff. I would love for you to come by and, and play me some stuff. And I guess that was just kind of the only way that he had to contact me. And so then I got his number and it was, you know, he is a relative at the end of the day. So it wasn't like weird or anything. And, yeah. and I think I got his number from like my mom and I just called him and uh, I went over there and I played him like 20 songs. And then I, we worked together for like a year and then he had a publishing deal lined up. One of the publishing companies that he was going to go in with to do a co-venture thing backed out like at the last minute. I was devastated. So I, and at the same time I was doing um, a little bit of artist stuff. This was before I decided not to do the artist thing the first time. Yep. And I went and played, I, I somehow landed this gig in East Tennessee opening for Rodney Atkins. And we got like $3,000 out of them. And if now in the, like knowing what touring is like, that is insane because like, I think my first run with Morgan Wallen, which was like 30 shows, he paid me, which is fine. It's, it's kind of a rite of passage, but 500 bucks every show. So to yeah. get three grand was unheard of. And, and I didn't know that at the time, but anyway, long story short, that publishing deal fell through. I made this three grand, I paid my band and I essentially survived off of that money for like two months so that I could write more songs and to see if I could build my catalog and yeah. represent that to a publishing company. Long story short, I wrote one song called Dog Years by myself. It's this really sad song about your dog dying, whatever. And he took that song and went back to that publishing company and they decided to sign me. And that's like kind of where everything, that was where the first. Did that come out right around the time Marley and Me? Yeah. <laughs> when, when did Marley and Me come out? 2008-ish. Yeah, I mean, it was shortly after, a few years after. Yeah. Good timing. Yeah, I guess it was good timing. <laughs> yep. And nobody ever recorded that song, but... um, So that's, like, how I got into the industry, and that was definitely my first big, like, turning point. Yeah, and then ever since then, you've had some major, major uh, songs that you've written. And, yeah. And now your, your last album is absolutely crushing it, for sure. Thank but you. But we got to go back to what you were saying, that you wrote a bad song. You're a great songwriter. There's got to be one song that you wrote that was that takes the cake on like the worst song you've ever written. Like worst is in just lack of skill. Whatever you would feel awkward singing or giving to someone. Yeah. Like almost maybe not embarrassing, but maybe cringy. Cringy is a good one. I wrote a song 
(laughs) (laughs) called summer started one time with a guy and it was about um (laughs) it was about this girl that you were dating and you had a pregnancy scare yep been there but summer started (laughs) so i think i'll drink a beer does that make sense yeah yeah that's not that's not great is it (laughs) it's a funny song but listening back i was just like oh god that's probably up there and the first song i ever wrote was pretty bad too what was that one about it was just called caroline it was just a pandering like song about a i was it was about like a, I ran into a girl. I wish I wish I had a recording of it, dude, because it, it like there's so many holes in the plot. And you listen to it, and you're like, well, how did you get there? I met a girl at the grocery store, and um, produce section, probably. Yeah, that's yeah. where they all happen. And uh, yeah, right, picking out heads of lettuce or something. And um, my head went somewhere else, but <laughs> oh, my uh, sorry. Um, and but I remember like she got I got her number in the song. And then the second verse, like she went away. Like she was like, I'm leaving in two days. And I was like, okay, but then I got her number. But then like I suddenly knew like where she lived in the next verse. And I went to like go find her at her house and I found her address. Anyway, it was pretty You Facebook stalked her. I guess. Yeah. That's the that's You wrote the on her wall. Yeah. You wrote on her I wrote Facebook. on her Facebook wall. Yeah. Hey Summer, I like some of the stuff you're putting on YouTube. I'd love to <laughs> come hang out sometime. Uh, so on your newest album you got a song called unapologetically country as hell yeah um which is a great song by the way thank you um it's like one of those where if you're drinking with your buddies Mm -hmm. everyone just starts chanting the chorus and yeah uh, that's like those are my favorite dude that's why we wrote it we wrote that in the attempt to sound like an irish drinking song yes you know what i mean totally what the vibe is yeah it's almost anthem-esque like yeah. it's a drinking anthem. Dude, it's it's it it probably will never be a single like we'll never push that to radio, but it's still a I would argue the biggest song of the night when we play it live. Oh, People I just it. start going nuts. It's awesome. It's my favorite part of the night. Yeah, it's definitely an anthem. So I wanna we're gonna do a little segment kind of uh where we just kind of talk about some of the most country as hell stuff that we've done. Okay. Uh so I'll start. So the, I think one of the most country things I've ever done is I drove six hours to meet up with some guys to shoot some guns. <laughs> and the reason why is I'm a big bush light guy. You like oh bush light as well. Speaking my language. Uh, and they uh, they seracoded a, a gun with the with the bush light logo on it. So oh. I, like, I got to go shoot this this gun. That is so redneck. <laughs> I got to drive six hours to shoot a gun that's wrapped in bush light. <laughs> yeah. Here. yeah. And then, well, the, the icing on the cake was they, they, I would get there and there's a chest freezer sitting, you know, 200 yards out. And I'm like, what is, they're like, yeah, we put six pounds of tannerite in there. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and, uh, Let's go, dude. and in the, well, then I got all the pressure, right? Cause they put like a little duct tape on where I should hit it. So that right. it hits the tannerite. And, uh, then he got all the pressure of the people watching. Yeah. So I missed like by like a few inches the first time. And I'm like, oh, God, if I if I can't hit this thing the next time blew it, it was unbelievable because it was just gone. Just absolutely just nothing I love that, left man. of that. So that was pretty cool. That's so uh, what kind of gun was it? I don't know. They they had a rifle, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they had like these guys were like the gun guys. So. Right. They had like 15 lined up, and and so it was hard for me to remember which one it was. We've got a video of it somewhere. Yeah, somewhere I would love to it. see it. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll find show it. You, you got? Do y'all y'all are filming, right? Yep. Could you put that in the? Could you find it and put it in the yeah. thing? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see that. Yeah, we'll show you after this for sure. Awesome. Um, what do you got? What what's what do you? I mean, <laughs> I mean, rednecker, what you're doing in that in that uh, that, in that video. video is okay. Is, that. I have two that come to mind. I mean, dude, I, these days, I mean, I still try to get out and I do what I can, but dude, growing up, man, I, I was, I have so many stories. I mean, so many stories, but, um, so the rednecker thing made me think of one, my, my, we have a family uh, farm, if you will, back home mm-hmm. and we have like an eight acre pond and, uh, my grandpa, uh, put catfish in it a long time ago and 
Somebody told him along the way that uh, he loves to brim fish or like what I don't know brim is what you just call it in the south, but just pan fish like mm-hmm. yep. perch or whatever you want to yep. call it. Yep. And uh, he found out that big channel cat like to eat uh, like fish eggs and and they 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 hurt your bluegill population in your pond, right? So he freaked out and we had a few big catfish left and and um we pull up to the the pond one day and he just gives me a shotgun and he was like kill every catfish that you see. <laughs> And I went out there and I threw a bunch of feed and I just went to go into town every yeah, time they would felt come like up, a dude, mobster. Just boom. Just <laughs> and it was so like, I was like eight and I was like, this is fucked up. <laughs> Self-aware at eight. I was not expecting you to say you were eight years old in that story. No, I was young, but dude, we did it. And then we got out in the boat and we scooped, scooped them up and we drove down the road and we gave them to this guy, this guy that lived in this house. I don't even know if it had electricity, dude. It was just... <laughs> The most country. How is there anything left of those fish? Is what I'm. I mean, wondering. you'd be surprised. I, I obviously, man, this is fucked up. But like shoot him in the head, so there's no meat in the head. Yeah. You know, yeah, just bird shot, mm-hmm. like seven shots, something that was like you know very very fine or whatever. Right. Anyway, and we gave the the catfish to the uh, the dude, and the other the other one that comes to mind, and both of these are inhumane. Like super inhumane, but at the time I didn't know any better. I mean, and you're like, eight. it's humane. They didn't die on the shore; they died right away. I mean, that's true, and they yeah. didn't like suffocate to death mm-hmm. on a stringer in a bucket. I mean, yep. that's very true. Also, I don't, I don't really care. But uh, <laughs> my so my dad um, was a chicken farmer for like 15 years, and um, n- you know, not like chicken coops, like industrial hundred yard long chicken yep. houses, twenty seven thousand dynamite, like that. But those were egg houses. So those chickens were in crates as opposed to this just being a floor full of shit. Can I cuss on here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I used to be a, I used to vaccinate turkeys. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Exact, exact same thing. Right. And uh, yeah, 27,500 chickens in a house. The floor is just shit. And you could like scoop, you could scoop the dried shit up and under it would just be thousands of, they called darkling beetles. It was the craziest thing. Anyway, so. Every seven weeks, they would send a crew out there to catch the chickens, and it would be like five dudes. And uh, I'm sure you guys have seen a a poultry, like a a chicken truck going down the highway, and it's just crates full of chickens. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, So they would come out, and they would catch them, and they would throw them by hand. All and by the by the end of the thing, it wasn't the exact number because they always, you know, a ton of them die. But but uh, you know, twenty five thousand chickens by hand. But they would always leave the. I guess you could say defective chickens in the house. So there was always 30 or 40 that were runts or literally that had three legs or just something crazy. They would always leave those in the house. And so my dad would hire uh, my friends and I out to remove the chickens of every house. And he literally had, I hope this is okay that I'm telling this. I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) He had a bucket of broken broom handles and like there was an actual uh, there was an actual instrument that you used to pick up the dead chickens. It kind of, have you ever seen people with the snake hook, you know, yep, and they're yeah. catching snakes, really similar to that. And we would go into each house and just chase chickens down and just beat them to death, dude. And it was like, it was like some of the reddest shit I've ever done, but I yeah. did it a hundred times, man. And it was kind of crazy because you would just. Just three or four teenage boys just running through a chicken house, just chasing a chicken down and just swinging at it until, and it was just, we, that's what you had to do. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, I won't say the company he works for or whatever, but that's, that was what I just, there was, you had to get rid of them somehow. And then, right. and, uh, you couldn't just leave them in there because you had to take a tractor in there and, and, and anyway, it was a whole thing, but I would say that's probably number one behind shooting the catfish. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty country. Running around yeah. with a stick, beating chickens. <laughs> I'd say so. Um, well, that's what we we're looking for, man. So right, right. We we knew you'd come up with something. Yeah. Um, so uh, kind of the last bit that we got is uh, we like to do a segment on this podcast called, you know, you're in a small town bar when, and we just kind of start riffing off of all the stuff. So, for example, you know, you're in a small town bar when the bartenders got your drink on the on the bar when they see your yeah that's the first one i thought of that uh or uh you know you're in a small town bar when they're on the wall there's like that metal chip hanger thing you know what i'm talking about 
little <laughs> clip to hang small bags of chips. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> yeah, like you're not gonna yep. see that in a in a. In you've a, got a sour. You've got a sour cream, uh, an onion uh, lays, yep. and under that you've it's got like the KC masterpiece lays. It's local brands in a bag of Doritos. Yes, dude. Yep. And you even have maybe the box of either M and M's or um, the peanut butter crackers, like in the back. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they got they got like the full candy boxes just sitting there. And yes, they're like, like seventy five cents for like a that's gonna bar. like that's gonna sober you up, buddy. <laughs> You're good to go. You're good to drive now. Yeah, take a Snickers and go on your way, man. Yeah, that's um, good. You got any? Uh, you know, you're in a small town bar when. Um. I. Get- Go ahead. Please. We'll get her started. Uh, you know, you're in a small town bar when there's a jukebox in the corner that doesn't work. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um. So it's just playing off of someone's like personal Spotify yeah. over the whole radio. They've got the jukebox, but their own speaker system is actually playing the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's a good one. Gosh, I don't know. I, I will say this. I don't have a ton of experience with it. My county was dry until like 2014. Really? So I've been back. We have one bar in my hometown now, and I've been back since then. But I will say the the, the one thing is, um, and I don't know how to include this in the sentence or whatever, but um, like everybody that you went to high school with kind of thing that never left is there like every single night, you know, yeah, yep. it's like, it's like a, it's like a high school reunion every time for you, you for them. Yeah. It's just life. It's, like, it's Tuesday, it's Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. 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 You uh, come back. You're the one guy that got out of town. You come back for Thanksgiving break in college and it's just high school oh, all yes, over dude. again. And it's a, it's honestly a blast. Every time I've gone, it's a blast. That's a tough one for me though, man. I, I've, I've, I can't believe that you dry County dude, I, Bible belt, man. Yeah, and I mean, dude, you should have seen the Facebook wall posts and Bible verses and scripture that was getting quoted by every like small town. It's like Christian Karen almost. You know yeah, what I mean? I know what that means. Like Isaiah so-and-so says this. And and I mean, like, because liquor stores started popping up here and there. And, and uh, yeah. Oh, was, yeah. I imagine there was a lot of pushback for that. But it's like, isn't everyone like, well, everyone's already drinking anyways. So. Well, that's well, yeah, but nobody, you know, that's the that's the old church joke is what's the difference between a Baptist and a Methodist? A Methodist will speak to you at the liquor store. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So everybody. Yeah, everybody drank, but you didn't talk about it like it was not a it was not discussed, you know? Yeah, Definitely not big time footloose vibes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drinking no, and not no dancing. drinking or dancing yeah. in, in your town. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. So uh, are you excited to get back out there on the road and stuff? Yeah, we've actually uh, we have shows this weekend. We have uh, we're doing a run in Georgia over the next four weekends where we play like six or seven hundred cap rooms. And um, we're doing like two nights in every town. Yep. So we'll like this weekend we're in Milledgeville, Georgia, and then we'll just come back and then the next weekend we're in like Rome, Georgia, but I'm, I'm pumped. We actually had band rehearsal for our new set last night and it was dude, it just, it felt everyone a little rusty though. You know, not really. We actually, uh, we, we did a run in Florida cause Florida has been wide open since before COVID. Right. Yeah. And, uh, well, COVID doesn't exist there. Right. So. Yeah, there you you're right. And, uh, so we did a, a, a legit run in Florida and, um, and that was in November. And then we did, uh, what did we, I just did a, an acoustic run with a guy, Co Wetzel in Texas. Oh, yeah. So I feel like it's, it's been a sort of a smooth transition as opposed to like, holy shit, we're about to finally play shows again. I'm kind of, we've eased into it, but dude, no, my band is awesome. They work really hard. I mean, they, they rehearsed all day and I showed up at seven and we just ran through the set one time and they didn't miss a beat. So that's sweet. It's awesome. Uh, one thing about your band though. So we were watching your YouTube <laughs> show a little bit. <laughs> So we had Devin Dawson on our podcast. Oh yeah, and his brother is drummer. Yes, your bit about calling him Devin Dawson's brother is electric. <laughs> by the way, I wanted to let you know. One time we were playing a show, and I did it like five shows in a row because I would introduce the band. And I was like, <laughs> "Give it up for Devin Dawson's brother," and I wouldn't even say his name. And um, and uh, he was he's a funny guy, and he was like, "Dude, if you do that tonight, I'm just gonna stop playing." <laughs> And that motherfucker did, dude. For like two bars of music, he just sat there and he let all the tracks the guitar players play and he just stared at me. And he was like, <laughs> started playing again. It was kind of awesome. 
I love that. The, the uh, bit died. So we obviously have a million bits because we're together all the time. Do you have a bit like the Devin Dawson's brother bit? that you always do that'll never die no matter who gets upset. That only you and your band know when you're up on stage like Oh, so many, dude. Um oh my gosh, so many. Uh my tour manager Sam also a really funny guy and uh there's a song that I have on uh I put out a thing called Hicks Tape like a couple years ago and there's a song called My Kind of Living and there's a line in there about pump before you pay at the Texaco. It's like a small town shit and we all look over at Sam and he's always doing like that, like pumping the gas <laughs> every single show. There's a, if you guys ever, do y'all follow catatonic youths by chance? Mm-mm, it's like a, it's a Instagram page. It's incredible. And it just, they find like YouTube videos of like very low budget bands or music videos that are just terrible. And they post little clips of it. It's really funny. And, but there was one that they posted of a, this Australian uh, freestyle battle. And uh, this guy just, it's not even, he's not even rapping. It's just like, crazy but he's you can tell he's like having a panic attack because he's like choking and he just keeps saying well let me just say this well let me just say this and so i'll i'll sneak that into my set like as i'm talking like and you know what man like we're all drinking tonight and let me just say this and and i always kind of catch sam my tour manager in the corner of my eye and he's usually like bent over dude we have we have a ton we have a lot of yeah i love that all the inside jokes we have to man yeah it's, it's gotta Keeps be it sane. has to feel like a joke uh, not a joke but like you just have to have fun or it's just not fun you know but uh, it makes it all the better too when you've got thousands of people listening to you and they have no, no clue idea. yeah just you and the guys on the on the stage well like yeah. even us so one of our bits is the guy's never seen the office and i quote the office all the time and guy's name's Ryan. So every time I do an office quote, I just end it with like, well, Ryan would know. Ryan wouldn't get and it. And literally we're driving in the car here and Ryan's not even here. And I said the office quote and then said Ryan wouldn't Ryan get it. Wouldn't He's get not it. even here. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, I get the bits, man. <laughs> What's your favorite office quote? Ooh, um, there's so many. But one of them is uh, the uh, Michael Scott when he says, would I rather be feared or loved? Easy. Both. Both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. <laughs> That's such a good one. Good. Uh, you office guy then? Oh, man. What's your favorite one? Um, probably when he brings, when he burns his foot and uh, he brings the uh, handy, the guy in the wheelchair that owns the building to make a spectacle out of the whole thing. And he says, how long does it take you to brush your teeth? And he's like, I don't know, 30 seconds. And he goes, oh, my God, that is three times longer than it takes me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a great one. He also kind of in the same light, he brings in the old guy who's the actually started Dunder Mifflin. And then like Robert Dunder, he starts doing his old man. Well, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Robert was, he was a tall guy. He was a guy. tall guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just gets impatient and just shoots him yeah, up. Yeah, he goes, door. all right, well, thanks for coming by. <laughs> he uh, sends his own proxy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So, uh, yeah, man, well, this has been fun. I appreciate Absolutely, you coming man. on the podcast. Yeah, and, thank you all uh, for having me. Um, yeah, cheers, man. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Well, that was wasted. <laughs> Not the interview. We, we we all clear we were like this is on. We're right? on. Yeah. Yeah. So we caught Jared sleepy Jared again. <laughs> <laughs> he fell asleep at the at the helm again. It's okay, Jared. We'll just get you some holiday coffee too. Yeah. Did he she get us all decaf or what? She must uh <sighs> Well, all right, let's just wrap this podcast up. <laughs> well, guys, we had a phenomenal beginning to this segment, but Jared fell asleep at the wheel and we didn't get recorded. So yeah, now Sorry, guys. <laughs> it was like a good minute too. Yeah. it was good. It was good. So uh, I guess you had to be a fly on the wall for that combo. Yep. No Basically, though, what we we're talking about is a uh, great hearty interview. Great hearty interview. Great guy. Yes. Great, great guy. Very, very relatable. Great guy. Well polished. Great guy. Um, yeah. Couldn't be a better guy. Uh, he's uh, what I like is that he's also a nice guy, but also a great guy. <laughs> he's a great, great guy. Yeah. He's, I like that he's really nice. <laughs> could be more professional, that guy. <laughs> Can we talk about the actual interview? Uh, yeah, well, they just listen to it, so they know. They know. Yeah. They know. We still don't know why he capitalizes all his song titles, but we'll, we will we'll get to the bottom of that. And his name, um, too. Yeah. All right. So we met with a bunch of people, which you'll be hearing over the next however many weeks, the interview podcast interviews and stuff we did with artists. Um, 
And then at the end of the trip, we're like, hey, we're in Tennessee. NASCAR is going to be in Bristol, you know, in Tennessee that weekend. Let's go. Uh So we got tickets. We got a hotel. We, We had our rental car and we drove four hours to Bristol and we're like pretty excited for the race. Wake up on Sunday morning. Move to Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a flight on Monday and it's a four hour drive from Nashville. So uh, not to mention that we drove four hours through a flash flood. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. we just accidentally missed an, a legitimate natural disaster. Yeah. So uh hope everyone's okay in Nashville about the flooding that happened. I know it was dangerous. Very. Um, so my uh, heart goes out to those people, but we got lucky. We dodged we it somehow. We literally left Saturday afternoon. Yep. Over the night, it flooded, and we came back Monday, and it was like it almost looked like nothing had happened much. Well, when we took off from Nashville and we were flying yep. over, you could see where the river was overflowing. Right, but yeah. like but in terms of just the like streets the city, and stuff, yeah. it was not like it was from the video footage that we saw. Very different style of flooding than we see here. Yeah. We have slow, gradual stuff. It was legit flash flooding. Yeah. yeah. It was over a night and then gone the next day. So we went to Bristol. We were a little peeved that we, so we went to Bristol for nothing because we're like, we're not going to, we're not going to postpone our uh, flights, which, which we should have. We should have. <laughs> oh my God. What a frustrating thing. So NASCAR moved to Monday. We had to drive back to catch our flight Monday afternoon. So we missed NASCAR. Then we wait on the tarmac, f- pulled Ow. away from the gate and waited an hour. 45 minutes. Some I, I timed it. Hour and 45? It was an hour and 45 minutes, our takeoff time, late from our ta- original takeoff time. So we missed our connecting flight because there's no straight shot from Nashville on that day. So we had to stay overnight in Chicago. Which I could not be a bigger critic of Chicago, <laughs> not because of the city or the people, but because of the situation Chicago yeah, yeah. put me in. You have, you didn't see any of Chicago, Tyler. I saw a parking ramp in the inside of our hotel room. You saw the airport hotel. At yes. O'Hare, and that was it. So don't listen to Tyler. He is no one. He's not an expert on this. Chicago, great town. I will take the heat from all of Chicagoans. Not a fan. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so we ended up landing in Chicago. I completely missed our connecting flight. And we're like, Okay, we so got to get our we yeah. got to get our bags. Well, because but then so then we had to buy a new flight because it was going to be like another day in uh-huh. Chicago. That's true. So we bought a new flight. So we literally just should have just bought a new flight on Tuesday and went to the NASCAR race, which is a nightmare because it was the first time they had put down dirt on Bristol in like fifty years. Literal NASCAR like history, right? Yep, yep. So first time in the modern era. Which it was tough sitting at the airport and watching the race happen. Like, man, it was, we should be here. It was more disappointing watching Miles be disappointed because <laughs> Miles is a huge NASCAR fan. I've never been to a race. I was excited, but I'm not like the NASCAR fan like, that Miles is. Well, yeah. for me, it was like that I was excited for my children to see NASCAR as well. You know, I was like excited for you guys to check out a NASCAR race. <laughs> Me and Jake and I were just playing Smash Bros in the airport on my Switch, yeah. and Miles was just depressed watching the watching the race. Yeah, that sucked. And on top of it all, we lost our bags because they didn't make uh, the flight. Yeah, so yeah. We, the, we miss our connecting flight. We stay in Chicago at night. We get back to to the Midwest. We get to back to Fargo on Monday morning. Our bags are supposed to show up Monday night. Tuesday. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Yes. Excuse me. Tyler got his. Me and Jake didn't get ours. Yeah. Jake and I sat in that airport for three hours. We're like, oh, we can pay for parking because we'll only be in there for an hour. And then that's a dollar. We were in there for three hours trying to figure out what the hell happened to our bags. We caught we, the dude from United would not oh, come really? out of the back room. We went and talked to security. We sat on the phone with United forever. I didn't know that you were in there for three hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then parking cost us $3. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which also the fact that parking only costs $3 is, is the most Midwest thing ever. Too. It is nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, so the bags have still yet to be found. Uh, Miles, we went to Bass Pro Shops, as you can see by my hat, Tyler's hat. At Bass Pro Shops, we also got me a little a little badge that says share. <laughs> he keeps yeah. trying to work this into He's this. so I'm, proud of his guys, badge. I'm so stoked on this badge. Miles bought me a little badge that says Sheriff Jacob on it. And it's still in my check bag. Lost in Chicago. We'll right get now. it back one day. Um, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, All of my like important stuff's in that bag too. Supposedly it'll be here tonight. I have like three pairs of cowboy boots, <laughs> pairs two uh, my New Balance shoes. Oh my god! Oh no! Pro- the ones I wear in the videos are in that bag. That's not we good. need. We need that bag. Bad, bad. Plus, you can't buy a new pair of New Balances because if they're brand spanking new, like bright white New Balances, well, it's just could, not- I can wear them to church then. You know. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's your church shoes. But okay. you, your mowing shoes are gone, though. Yeah. Oh, this is... What a nightmare situation. Yeah. I blame Chicago. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I feel like random shit like this happens to me way too much. So, like, we were saying, the trip went too well. It went too smoothly that we had something coming. Yeah. You know, everything was going great. We weren't late to anything. The content was all good. We had good times at the bars. Can we yeah. talk a little bit about the good times at the bar? They were a blast. They were fun. You guys struggled a little bit on this Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Jake. We both we both threw up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. me and Tyler had a little bit There's too much. no sugar coating it. Yeah. Um, I made it back to the hotel first. Well, you did the Houdini move and just disappeared. And honestly, I, I'd be worried if he disappeared. <laughs> But you, I was like, he's a boy scout. He'll figure it out. I got back to the yeah. hotel. <laughs> but you missed the hotel, didn't you? I did. I walked one block past it. <laughs> really? I went out of the, I went, because we're locals, we're regulars at the bar. I went out the back door of the bar instead of going out the front door and walking up the same street. So I went the other way and the street splits without you realizing it. So I walked one block past the hotel and I had to turn around. What I, were you doing? I was tired. I wanted to go to bed. <laughs> it was it was like one thirty or something. Yeah, and then Jake and I we uh, hitched a ride to a diner, to the most hole in the wall diner ever. Like, and we're like, this food's gonna be so good because it's like this <laughs> shitty restaurant, you know, like re- like re- like a diner you would see in like a old movie. This right? is like the Pulp Fiction diner. Is yeah, where we're at. Yeah. But even shittier, even shittier. Like the food, and you could buy a stack of pancakes for like a buck seventy. Yeah, there was like there. seven of us, and we Cheaper ate. It was, than like, it was less than fifty bucks for seven of us to yeah. eat. Yeah, Jesus. Um, and the most disappointing part is the food sucked. That is, that's bad. You can't be that bad of a diner and then have bad food on top of that. That's where the trip started going downhill. Yeah. Really we shouldn't have gone to that diner. That, we cursed the rest of the trip. You guys Dude. should have Irish goodbye like me and walked back to the hotel. Yeah, you know me, though. It's the, That's not your Mr. Social Butterfly. D- drinks are are flowing. You know, oh, you want to go to a diner? Yeah. Of course. I'm hungry. I, does the diner sell Bush Light? Plus, if you're going to Uber Eats or DoorDash anything in Nashville, Holy shit. it takes like three hours to get. So that was my only shot at food that night. Yeah. Um, and then the next day we uh, met up with Seaforth and and they will be on the podcast at some point here. You're going to it's going to be funny because we were very hungover for that interview. <laughs> we were pretty green in the gills the, that whole time. The whole. Well, I was fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have been finer on that side. <laughs> the whole podcast interview is Miles asking one short question. Those guys saying something in an Australian accent. And just Miles giggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those, Felt, Could be nicer guys, though. Nice guys. Great guys. Great guys. Yep. Uh, well put together. Extremely well, professional guys. Well spoken with an Australian accent. They're not yes. only nice, but they're great. Yeah. They, they introduced us to the, the, the do we want Jared to be in on some of our bits? Well, we, we got to wait till the interview comes out. Tyler. Oh, true. True. He's just spilling all the beans right here, right now. Exactly. I didn't. Right I, now, right here. Ooh. Yeah. We, uh, next Jared, week. we speak in bits. You wouldn't understand. It's Nashville language. Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand anything you guys are saying. Dig. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> inside jokes. Jared can't understand. Love to be a part of one, one day. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someday, Jared, you'll get an inside joke once. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> I can't wait for that. Dig. Yeah, I tell you what, though, life is good on the porch. It is that's so all I good say. on this porch. Jared wouldn't know. He wouldn't get it. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, <laughs> me and Tyler, we got to get to the airport to go pick up me and Miles's bag. What yet. a fluffer situation! Yeah. Oh, I, I tell you what, though, a little bit of a fire hazard. Who? <laughs> what <Little> situation? <laughs> no, that's good. Remember? Uh, no, it depends. <laughs> oh, you guys wouldn't get it. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Basically, to sum it up, <laughs> Jared's so mad. <laughs> uh, basically, to sum it up, 
first half of the week up until Friday, phenomenal. Couldn't have gone better. Friday to Tuesday, tough. Chaos. Chaos. Not the kind we thrive in either. No, it was it was sucky. But we'll be back. Um, we're we're gonna meet up with some more people. We're gonna meet up with the people that we uh hung out with this time. It's gonna be fun. And um looking forward to going back. But glad to be back in the Midwest. I wanna be here for a while. I missed it. And uh so Guys, I think that concludes episode one twelve. Twelve. Do you want me to rattle off the list of upcoming guests? Sure. So today, this podcast, you just heard Hardy. Next week, we have Mitchell Tenpenny. After Mitchell Tenpenny, we have Seaforth, the Australian duo. And then after that, we have Priscilla Block. That's a good lineup. Oh, Fillmore. Fillmore is before Seaforth. Excuse me. It goes Tenpenny, Fillmore, Seaforth, Priscilla. We got a lot coming at you. Um, if you love country music, this is your stretch of the You Betcha Radio podcast that you're going to really love. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you like nice guys and gals. Yeah. Really yeah. well put together. Really great nice guys so and nice. gals. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great, honestly, great guys and gals. Uh, yeah. Well put together guys and gals. If you like well-spoken guys and gals, this is the podcast. Yes. This is the podcast. For, for you. That. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, guys, thanks for tuning in to episode 112. I'm Miles, you betcha guy. May your ranch always be runny. Your bush lattes forever be cold. Cheers, Tyler. Cheers. Uh, Life is good on the porch, my guy. Wow. Rise of lights. Oh, you betcha, yeah. Yeah.